friend. Blink. This is Mountain Hippie Radio. Welcome to Hippie Church. I'm your host, Allie Wags. Thanks for being here. We are going to do things a little bit differently on today's show. I know I say that every week, and I feel like I don't need that disclaimer, but I don't know. Throw it in there. We're going to do things differently. So I want to start by telling you a story. And then I'm going to tell you another story. And then I'm going to try to figure out how those stories connect. And I think that there's value in one, throwing all of the stories into the ethers and then seeing how a connection can be made in this present moment. And I think that it'll be interesting or I hope it'll be interesting. It's going to be something. We're going to do it and we're going to see how it is because this is what's being called through me today. And I'm going to stop justifying it or explaining it as I've been doing for the last, you know, two minutes or so. And we're just going to go with it. First story. I went to the gym this morning. I know. Very, very riveting. I went to the gym this morning and I ran on the treadmill for about 30 minutes and I swam for 30 minutes. Again, very, very riveting. And as I was doing those things, I have not been going to the gym until recently because I had spent most of my exercise time playing outside. But I started going back to the gym um, during shoulder season here in the mountains. It's um, the easiest way to keep moving while the snow is melting. So I've been doing that for a la- the last couple of weeks. And I'm in the gym doing these two things this morning and couldn't help but think from the outside, it looks like nothing, right? I'm just swimming laps in a pool. I'm running on a treadmill. To the outside observer, the actions that I am carrying out are pretty pedestrian, pretty normal, pretty average. But... As I was going through these things, as I was swimming laps and um, and changing the pace of the treadmill, I couldn't help but be reminded of another story. And that other story starts in January of 2010. In January of 2010, my stepfather. The reason that my dog is named Elwood, the best parent a girl could have, the reason I am in front of this microphone, my Bob passed away. And he passed away in January of 2010. And I shattered. And in an attempt 
to gather the pieces of me together. I started two things. I started going to yoga and I started training for my first triathlon. And I went to the yoga class because I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time and winter in D.C. is not fun. There's not really that much snow, so you can't really play in it. It's just cold and yucky and gross. And I was called inward, figuratively and literally, to a hot yoga class. Quite frankly, I was just chilly. (laughs) I had taken maybe one yoga class in college. It was really not for me, but they claimed that the room was like 98 degrees, so I was totally in. And in yoga class, it was my first opportunity as an adult to have space held for my emotions. And so on my little yoga mat, my little postage stamp on the wood floor, I was able to feel. I was able to cry. I was able to not have the answers, not know what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing. And the experience of feeling that held and protected and safe was exactly what I needed. And I started training for a triathlon around that same time because in an attempt to sort of gather the pieces of me that had been strewn about, I felt like I needed control. I felt like I needed to what did I need? I needed to feel like I wasn't spinning out of control. I was on the merry-go-round and I was trying to grab the metal pulley thing. Trying to steady myself. Trying to give myself some consistency when it felt like everything was gone. And I really liked the idea of a triathlon. I liked it because I grew up swimming. I was a swimmer growing up and I liked riding bikes. Who doesn't like riding bikes? And yeah, sure, I could run. I could figure that out. Um, Essentially, it was an opportunity for someone like me who has never, ever, ever been that person who dedicates themselves to one thing. I have desperately wanted to be that person, but I've never been the like climbing person or the 
I know I'm going to be a doctor person. I've never been that person. I've always sort of liked a lot of different things, a decent amount, an average amount. And so I like the idea that I was going to be doing three different things that appealed to me. And I loved the pool. I loved the sensation of the effortlessness, the flow, the ease that I felt when swimming that I did not necessarily feel when I was running or biking, just harder on my body somehow. And because I've always swam, I love it. I, it's second nature for me to be in water, to be in a pool. Um, I'm not scared or anything like that. It just feels like home. And so again, trying to find these touchstones in a very difficult time. And so I decided in August, 2010, I was going to do my first triathlon. I was very excited, signed up. Everything was great. Yes. And even better, that April, when I was really going to start to kick training into high gear, that April, I was going to Spain with my boyfriend. And my boyfriend and I had been together for seven years. Yes, seven years of my life, I had been with this man and I was taking him to Spain, which is where I grew up. So obviously, there was going to be a proposal. Obviously, foreign country, seven years. This was my 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 heart's home. My soul is Spanish and there was going to be no better place. And so we went over to Spain and the long story short is we both returned on the same plane, not engaged and also not speaking to one another. (laughs) But I figured things would sort of mellow themselves out. I went back to work and the middle of the week after we got back. So like my first week back, sort of Wednesday, Thursday, I was changing out of my clothes. I had just gotten home from work and I was quite literally topless in the walk-in closet. I was trying to find a a shirt to put on. And my boyfriend came into the walk-in closet with me topless and said, I do not want to marry you. I've never wanted to marry you and I will never want to marry you. Yes. I was topless. Need I repeat it once more? So, January, dad passes. April gets dumped by boyfriend of seven years. And then in July, I went to a girlfriend's house. And I went over, we did a sort of old fashioned sleepover. And a bunch of us brought a bunch of ice cream and wine and stupid magazines. And it was horribly girly and absolutely lovely. 
And I had a job at the time that really required me to pay attention to what was going on in the world, pay attention to my email, all, all of that sort of thing. And that one night, I made the decision to turn my phone off. I just turned it off. And now that does not feel like a big radical step. But 13 years ago, to my 29-year-old self, it felt like a huge act of... I want to say insurrection, but that's not the right word. A huge, uh, a big act of what was it? It was defiance. Yeah, that's a good word. We'll go with that. Moving on. And so I turned my phone off and we had this lovely, lovely, delightfully frivolous night where we talked about stupid stuff and got way too drunk and giggled and danced and sang to things that and and at octaves that should never be heard or probably couldn't be heard by human ears only cats anyway we had a good time and i woke up that next morning and i was pretty hungover not feeling it not feeling well i guess and i got in the car and I turned on my phone. And when I turned on my phone, I saw that I had nine missed calls from my brother. And I was like, ugh. So I call him back or whatever. Don't even listen to his message. Call him back. And I'm like, dude, what is going on? Who died? And he said, mom. January 2010. Lost dad. April 2010, lost boyfriend. July 2010, lost mom. And this whole time that all of this is happening, I am doing two things. I am going to yoga and I am training for a triathlon. And in August 2010, I competed in my first triathlon. And I won it. <laughs> Not the whole thing, only my age group, but still, yes, stupidly, I won the thing. And then I turned in to a monster. <laughs> So here's the deal. Here's what we got going on. What we got going on is that I chose two things as coping mechanisms for where I was in my life. And those coping me mechanisms serve me very, very well. And they serve me well because they were a uniquely good fit for me. My first memories of alignment and connection with something higher were through music, which we've talked about on this show before. And it's also been through. I just lost my train of thought. Oh, there we go. Through <laughs> You thought that it was going to be a big moment. I'm sorry. I fucked that up. Okay. So two ways through music and also through physical activity. 
I have been an athlete my entire life. My first memories of that quiet, still place inside me happened on Little League diamonds. They happened on soccer fields. They happened in swimming pools. And so in retrospect, looking back at the decision to focus on something physical makes complete sense for me. There was part of me deep down that knew that training for a triathlon would be just what I needed to, I don't want to say to cope because it was more than that. It was to, what did it do? I mean, it, it was more than just coping. It was a way to find glimpses of something that I, I didn't yet have words for, but I could feel it, right? I didn't know anything about any of this stuff. I didn't know about alignment. I didn't, I didn't have any sort of spiritual practice at all, but I knew what it felt like two miles into a run where something in my body downshifted and I felt like I could stay at that pace for hours. I remember feeling that way. And there were moments in a very, very dark time in my life that I could feel that connection, even though I didn't know what it was. And I could feel it. And the same thing goes for yoga. I went to yoga because I was, I was a tight athlete and I, and people said it was good. And also the hot room. Like I didn't go for any type of spiritual practice. I went for the physical, I'm going to stretch my hamstrings, figure out how, how to do one of those handstands. And we're going to check this off the, off the list. That's what I went there for. But then when I'm there and I'm hearing a teacher who's playing Joe Cocker and talking about surrendering and letting go of ambition and some of these things that I thought only I was struggling with. And there, there it was, somebody who liked the music that I liked and spoke in a way that I had never been spoken to in a way that made me feel held, made me feel unconditionally loved. And yes, this is just a yoga teacher, but I had glimmers through her words and the way she carried herself and the way she did not talk like anyone else around me that I felt loved. And so it is no surprise to me that I was lured by the physical into a yoga practice and then hooked line and sinker with the other stuff. And it's not surprising to me that my inner guidance at that time would direct me toward a triathlon. Of course, didn't I just tell you it was perfect for me? I didn't like doing any one thing that much. And Source Energy knew that and gave me that. But (laughs) I was a little confused about 
everything. I was confused about everything because I was disconnected from myself. And I know that I was disconnected because I started training for race after race after race after race and completely severed the relationship between me and my physical body. Straight up. Had to go to the hospital, had lots of bad news. It was bad. And the problem was... I was getting things confused. I was looking at my actions, what I was doing, and I was not paying attention to how I felt and how I was doing the things that I was doing. So I thought triathlon equals happy alley. And so I turned it up, started running more, started eating less, started sleeping less, started drinking more. And pretty soon, I couldn't have told you if I were hungry or horny or exhausted or whatever, because I was so used to overriding everything that was any message that my body was sending me, any message my heart was sending me, I didn't listen because I didn't know what to trust. I didn't know who to trust. I used to say, and this is entirely true, I used to say my intuition had shit for brains. And I realized the irony in all of this, considering what I do now as a profession. I didn't know what my body was saying, and even if I did know what it was saying, chances are I wasn't going to listen to it because my head had taken over and it didn't give a shit. It wanted to gnaw and churn and, and grip and tense and... And yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> it was really bad, but I'm fine now. Um, and that brings me back to today. So today, you're getting where this is going. I went for a run. I went for a swim. And in August 2023, 13 years and three days after my first triathlon I will be doing another triathlon and here's the thing I'm going to do it a bit differently I'm going to do it a lot differently and I'm actually really excited about it because, yes, in addition to the swimming and the running and the biking and all of those things, I am. Wait, hold on. Before I get into how I think I'm going to do this, I'm going to tell you which one I'm doing. It is the Xterra Sprint Triathlon, August 29th, I believe, in Avon, Colorado. And it is a 750 meter 
open water swim. It is a 15K mountain bike and a 5K trail run. Okay, how am I going to do this? And what does it mean? And this is where I have to figure out all the bits and pieces. Okay, a couple of things that I'm going to play with in my training. So yes, I'm going to do the swimming and the biking and the running, but I am also going to really lean into meditation, to visualization, to leveraging alignment for my training. So there are a couple of things that I want to focus on. One is the visualization. I mentioned that. The other thing that I want to focus on is this idea of nasal breathing. The idea behind nasal breathing when you exercise like this is that if you're breathing in and out through your nose, you are not activating your sympathetic nervous system. You're not activating fight or flight. So when we're breathing in our mouth, when we're running, we are essentially telling our bodies that a cheetah is chasing us. So there are schools of thought, people with letters behind their names that have said that nasal breathing is a great way for your body to be the determinant of how much activity it gets. And so there's a particular strategy. And if anyone is interested in this, I could talk about this forever. But we're just going to, for simplicity's sake. And so essentially, you're exercising and you're always keeping your breath going in and out of your nose. And so that you are able to allow your body to decide in this workout, what am I doing today? Like what, what is my energy level and how fast can I go? So you're trying to find that fine line between um, pushing for improvement, but not pushing so hard that you're in the sort of old model, which is I'm gonna stress my body out and then take some rest, stress my body out and take some rest. And so I thought, what fun would this be to breathe in and out of my nose? Because the idea is then it's not hard, right? Like, can I do something like a triathlon easy? Can I make it easy? I want to figure out how easy I can make this. Literally, how little can I effort to accomplish a goal? And because of all of the things we've been talking about, and obviously all of the things that you know about me and understand about me, this is very appealing, right? This is a way for me to play with these ideas in real time, in my day-to-day life, in a way that is natural to my own sort of spiritual practice, my own sort of lineage. I come from athletes. And I'm going to make it easy. So I'm going to nasal breathe. I, what are the other things? Oh, I'm reading a book. (laughs) I'm reading a book on the athletic benefits of cannabis. So I'm probably going to do a little bit of that, incorporate a little bit of that. What else do I want to do? I really just want to have as much fun along the way. Like I am not, I don't care what the end result is. And I genuinely don't. Like I do want to finish 
So that is a goal. But I also know based on my baseline fitness level that I could probably go out and do the thing tomorrow. And while it wouldn't be pleasant, I could get through it. So I'm not particularly concerned about not finishing. What I enjoy about having a race is that it gives me something to focus on. It gives me a short period of time, couple of months to focus on one thing and allow energy to move through. And that's what I'm doing. This is just an excuse for me to play. This is my church for the summer. If you'd like to join me, um, you can look it up. We can be training buddies. Or conversely, if there's something in your life that you want to try or explore, like set a deadline for the end of August. Let's do it together. You know? Anyway, so... I'm going to make things easy. I'm going to smoke pot. What what else am I going to do? There was something else that I was thinking as I was swimming that I wanted to do. I really just want to play with this idea of listening to my body, that that's the point. The point is for me to get really quiet and listen and pay attention and figure out the inner workings of this connection for me. And so I'm geeking out a little bit about that. I'm excited about that. And I don't know, there's just, there's just something really satisfying about a, an attainable goal in the near future that gives me an excuse to be more present and focused in my life. And I want to see what happens because here's the thing is that I know based on my life's experience and the work of great teachers that I've read, I know that if I have fun and start to allow energy to flow. Give myself an excuse. This is why we're flowing the energy. We're going to do this silly thing. This is the thing we're doing. It's at the end of August. It has meaning for me because it's 13 years and three days after the first time I did this. How satisfying are those bookends? That is, that is a storyteller's dream. Here I was, 2010. Here I am, 2023. Look what's the same. Look what's different. And what does it mean? And to be honest, I want to figure out what it means because I genuinely believe that this is an opportunity that was presented uniquely to me. And so as a storyteller, I'm guessing there will be a story or two that I share along the way. But I felt it really important just to say this out loud, to share with you where I'm at right now, because that's what I like to do. I love going out into my life and having experiences and then sharing their meaning with others. Because in the sharing of the meaning with others, I get to figure out what it means That's my excuse to focus on all of these things, all of these disparate stories. I told you a bunch of random ones. Somehow they're connected and somehow it means something that's important and I'm going to figure it out. And because I said it out loud, I am committing fully to this exploration. 
I'm committing fully to this exploration. I'm committing fully to the triathlon. I'm committing fully right now. So if there is something right now that you would like to fully commit to, allow me to give you the excuse to do so now. If not, no worries. I will see you next week where, what are we going to do? I don't know. Who knows what we're going to do? But you know I will start the show pretending, pretending, no. What is the word? Oh, God, I really can't stick these landings. Fuck. That's our show for today. Until next time. This is Mountain Hippie Radio.